Welcome to Spectrum Community School's final episode of Parallels for the Lesser Known series, entitled Revisiting the Richards Missing Case File, Five Years Later. A jump forward in time brings us to a series of short interviews about the strange disappearances and reappearances of members of the Richards family. What first began as the disappearance of the mother repeated itself in the brief disappearance of the father and then the son. The community who did know them remain baffled, as these interviews will attest. Mary Deacons. I've been with the force for 28 years, in the detective division for 12, and I've never been more puzzled by the Richards case than any other. So how'd you mention them? I was just looking over the file the other day. Still in the desk here somewhere. Ah, here it is. Technically, it's a cold case now, but it remains open even though it's five years old. Let's see... You're interested on the night of the 17th of June. I remember that night clearly. We were called to attend a noise complaint. A neighbor called to say they heard glass smashing on the street. When you arrived, it looked as though someone was shooting out street lights along a stretch of Camden Avenue. Yes, that's right. It was right outside the offices of Dr. McKean. Andy and I go a ways back. We were called together. I knew him well enough that when you arrived, he wasn't going to let us forget what had happened. He had this look on his face like he saw a ghost. I remember what he had said. He said it was death. He said death had come that night. I never knew Andy to be that kind of guy that could get easily shaken up, you know. But that night changed him in a big way. He, uh, stopped taking clients. He took a bad turn. But then a couple of years back, he checked himself into rehab and promised himself a new life. He has a private practice now and doesn't take referrals from the PD anymore. I guess, in a way, it was my fault. I gave Dan Richards Andy his contact info, and that was the night it all happened. I told Andy I felt guilty for it, but he said it wasn't my fault. Andy McKean said that the Richards were cursed. They might be right. Okay, I'm M, and I just finished my first year of college. Gosh, grade 9 seems like such a long time ago now. So yeah, Jay and I hung out a few times just before he left. You know, I might have been a little harsh on him, but I wanted a chance to make amends. You know, apologize. But when I did get up the guts to do it, he didn't even remember. And anyway, he was really different when he returned with his mom. I guess I'd be pretty changed too if my mom left for six years and then suddenly came back. But Jay was always a little different than the rest of us. I mean, grade 9 is hard enough starting a new school and trying to fit in, making new friends. But Jay has this way of looking through you, like he could read your mind almost. He was very intense. And now he's gone. I heard the whole family just packed up and left. I heard something about the mom getting a job in India, or maybe that was just before she returned. I can't remember those kinds of details too well. Jay was a good kid. I hope he's happy wherever he ended up. Jason Morehouse, principal here at the same school for seven years. I think that's a record around here. I do recall Jay Richards. Bright boy. 
Shame how he and his family suddenly left after being reunited. Those last few days left me confused, to be honest. I interviewed some of Jay's friends, and they said some rather strange things about Jay's behavior. I had initially chalked it up to the fact that Jay's father had done a runner on Jay. That had to be tough, especially considering his mom had done the same thing when Jay was in elementary school. Being abandoned twice by your own parents, that would have done some irreparable damage. And drug abuse was ruled out. He just wasn't that kind of kid. I think Jay was or is a strong-spirited young man with a lot of potential. Once he set his mind to something, he'd do anything to make it happen. You might see it as a stubborn streak, but Jay is smart. He's got that look in his eyes, like someone much more wise than his years. This school lost a star student. I'm sure he'll go places, though. We don't have a tracking system for our students, but he's probably in some university somewhere on a scholarship. I'd put money on it. I'm Kay, and I'm finishing a gap year before I start uni this fall. I took a year to travel to see the world and get a better idea of myself and where I want to go in life, you know? It's not easy these days trying to figure out how you're going to live the rest of your life. I think Jay taught me that lesson in the brief time that I knew him. I do think about him. I know it was five years ago, but I really liked Jay as a person. He had a good soul. He might have had his problems, but then so does everyone else. I thought he was the kind of person who would rise above it all, defeat his inner demons. I think he did that. I think he was re responsible somehow for his mother coming back. He brought his family back together, and then they all left, and we had to finish high school without him. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I said it, I took that gap year to travel, but I went looking for him wherever I went. And I thought I found him this one time in Cambodia at Angkor Wat. I could have sworn it was him. He was staring at the temple like he was hypnotized. And when I wanted to talk to him, he turned to look at me and I could swear he recognized me. And then, like in a single breath, he was different somehow. His eyes didn't have the same look. Then he just walked away. Maybe it wasn't him. It must have been my mind playing tricks on me. But I'd still like to find Jay one day. I want to know he's okay. He left without giving me any chance to say goodbye. People just call me Winston. I've always liked that name. It sounds important. And I am important. At least to your story I am. I don't know how you found me, and I can't tell you very much. The truth is, I don't really know that much. I'm told what to do and I'm happy to keep my mouth shut. There are many types of people who also work in the market here. They'll swindle you before you know what's happened to you, or you'll walk away believing you paid for spiritual enlightenment. But the only thing lighter will be your wallet. Haha, <laughs> it's a good one, yes? Okay, so you want to know about a Caucasian lady and her son from five years ago? I've sold many rugs in that time, my friend. And I can't tell you what you yourself are not ready to hear. This market has as many years as it has secret places, and you can only answer to the call of a place that belongs to your fate, like the mother in his bowl. Your journey will take its own path, whether or not you choose to obey it, and it's all a part of the mystery of life. Embrace it, my friend, and the journey will lead to great rewards. Embrace the mystery. Andy McKean, clinical counselor. 
I've had a private practice now for two years. I suppose you've already talked with Barry Deacons about that night. Despite what he says, I do know what I saw, and even though I've come to terms with it, it still haunts me. Dan Richards had just come in that night looking for answers that only he could find. We were just beginning when the streetlights started blowing out. But that wasn't what spooked me. It was what happened when Dan ran down the street after spotting his wife and his son. Now I knew that Susan had been missing for six years and Jay had been gone for just over three days and there they were, walking down the sidewalk together while the streetlights above them kept bursting, leaving them in the shadows. That is until Dan caught up to him. That's when I knew I couldn't tell Barry or any other detective what had really happened. But I swear on my mother's life that what I saw was true. I told the police that they had just walked off together, back the way Susan and Jay had come. But what I saw was real. It wasn't just some anomaly. I saw them hugging each other and it looked like they were crying. And then, well, they seemed to blend together for a second while the streetlight above grew brighter and then it exploded. And the next second, they were gone. And then I saw it. Something stepped half out of the shadows as if looking for them and it too just vanished. It's something that I'll never forget. Something followed them and it scared me. I feared it like death. Life doesn't just happen, you have to make it happen. And when a problem comes up, you have to meet it, face on. Fear is the ultimate killer. Fear will keep you tied down to only one possibility. And that possibility is death. But if you can let it move through you, if you can watch it leave your body, your soul, then the possibilities open up like an endless series of doors. And then there's the next challenge. Which door to choose? If you let fear guide your choice, you'll end up back right where you started. Like I did that day, back in grade 9. The specter of fear is everywhere, waiting in almost every choice we make. But once you move past it, there's no end. No fate, even time is irrelevant, and the realities of having to choose are all as real as the voice you're hearing now. I am free. We all are. It's up to you. You just have to make it happen. You've just listened to our final episode. Parallels from Spectrum Community Schools AV Club. Our voice actors for this program included Braden Lever, Milo Cardinal, Jeff Markey, Zoe Schmidt Cannell, Tom Gordon, Alan Clark, and Silas Higgs. Parallels was written, directed, and edited by Renee Schwartz. Our producer at Studio Bibliotech was Alan Clark. I'm Gord Thatcher. And thanks for listening. Thank you.